This episode is sponsored in part by DrawYouPicture.com, where you can get me, your host, to draw you a picture for pretty darn cheap. See what I've done for others and what I can do for you. DrawYouPicture.com. Also with support from Bluehost Hosting, where $4.95 a month will get you unlimited space transfer and domains. Visit MovieBeatdown.com slash Bluehost today. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Hey folks, this is Movie Beatdown, where we're rediscovering movies with Blake Snyder's book, Save the Cat. It's episode 8, brought to you the week of November 20th, 2014. I'm your host, my name is James Kennison. With me today, as always, is John Steinklobber. Hello. And Paulie Godbout. Hey, hey. And Christian Sudreth. <clears throat> Hello. Call him, call him. <laughs> and our special guest, uh, all the way from Majorspoilers.com, Mr. Steven Schleicher. Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me here. Yay. We're thrilled. Um, any any listener to Nobody's Listening or uh, That Story Show knows that uh, Stephen and I go way back. Uh, oh, yeah. Close friends. Um, he, <laughs> he actually uh, let me write a, uh, a song for his podcast one time. And, and we uh, still use it today. No way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's everybody loves it. I, I bet about once a month. I get a uh, email saying, where can I buy that that song? I'm like, you don't have to buy it. Just go over to James's website. That's right. And uh, grab it there. And they're like, ah, I love this song. That's great. One day when I get really professional, I'll, I'll actually do it for real. Like, okay. you know, like Schmo Yoho quality. You hey, James, awesome. hey, James, what's it like to actually, you know, write a song for a podcast and they actually use it? <laughs> oh. oh, thank you, John. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It's pretty nice, <laughs> just to answer your question. Thank you so much. Wah, wah. Today we're going to be beating down uh, The Princess Bride, a, a classic fairy tale with swordplay giants, an evil prince, <clears throat> a beautiful princess, and yes, some kissing parts. Ooh. Yay. All read, I mean, ooh. All read <clears throat> by a kindly grandfather, a.k.a. Columbo. That's right. You know, he played that part so well, Columbo, that I always thought he was a little touched in the head. In real life, for some Peter reason, Falk. yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's he he should have been my stepdad. Might have been. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by Rob Reiner, who I'll, I will always know as Meathead, of course, from <laughs> All in the Family. Uh, he also uh, did Bucket List, Stand by Me, and This is Spinal Tap. That was a surprise. Went back in time there. It's written by William Goldman. He wrote the book and the screenplay, and I am really excited about that because this means this movie may be the first pure story, you know, <laughs> that we get to do. Lord of the Rings came from a book too. Yeah, but it but then oh, it wasn't screen written by gotcha. Sorry. Tolkien. Yeah. Please, please delete that I said that. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> a lot of screenplay writing going on back <laughs> in Tolkien's day. Uh, they were they were typing things out. Uh, that was it. But uh, he's also known for Stepford Wives, Marathon Man, and uh, a fan favorite Misery. So oh wow, I know right. He, he's written a lot more than that actually, but those were the ones that really jumped up and slapped me. Um, uh, the genre. Uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, dude with a problem. Anybody disagree? I disagree. Okay. Yeah. I uh, buddy Love. Yeah, Buddy Love. Ah. Oh, I was going to go with Golden Fleece. Okay. Well, everybody explain why. Let's start with Steven. 
Okay, so Buddy Love is really, this movie is really about the love between a grandfather and his son. and Or his grandson, sorry. Um, it's over the course of telling him this story that their connection becomes greater and greater. And as we see in the phrase that Wesley keeps uh, using, um, you know, uh, as, you uh, wish. as you wish, the grandfather says that at the end. And we know from the story that as you wish means I love you. And at the end of the bo- movie, he says that to Fred Savage, the kid. And we know that he's saying, hey, I love you. And I'll come back tomorrow and do this again. Okay. All right. Um, Paul, I want to hear your, your slant since you agreed. Yeah, first of all, I could listen to Steven talk all day know, long. Right? He has an amazing voice. Uh, <laughs> Wait till I don't have a cold and I sound like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Why oh, <nice. laughs> um, Well, I, I agree with him. Uh, you know, on the with with uh, that part of the of the movie or that part of the story, but also between. Um, uh, Wesley and Buttercup. I mean, in the Save the Cat book, uh, Homeboy talks about how you know romance is essentially just buddy love in disguise. Um, but then there's even the love between uh, Inigo and his father, and just trying to uh, you know get revenge for him. And so I think there's a couple different uh, buddy love elements going along there. So, okay, Christian, I um, I definitely didn't look at it this closely because uh, it's just it. Was sort of obvious, and I thought everyone would say "buddy love," um, but it, it was just the basically what Paul just said. There are too many elements of a relationship showing the love together. I didn't catch the "as you wish" at the end uh, from the grandfather, but that's really awesome. It was just too much, too much loving for it not to be "buddy love." <laughs> to, to, to give the most uh, eloquent answer of all three. Well, of and 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 I'll I'll be the first to admit I'm probably wrong with this stuff, and that's why I love this show because it helps me learn. Um, I was looking at Wesley. I kind of. Um, chose to be the the dumb movie watcher and i want the story the movie to be the movie within the movie you know and i do mm-hmm. see the bookends and and the little parts here and there with the kid and the, and the grandfather and and i know that but i guess i'm a little bit warped too by knowing that they wrote that in because of the way the book was written right and um and so i kind of saw the uh the the grandfather and the and the boy story as a reflection of what was going on in the movie, meaning it was being affected by it, but it wasn't the main thing. You know what I'm saying? That so that's why I went with do with the problem. Hmm. Um, John, any input? Well, I I I, I went with the golden fleece, um, not to be different, but that's what I thought it was, and. I see the the grandfather and the kid is really just the narrators. So, th- I mean, they are, yes, a part of the story, but I don't really – the story could exist. The movie could exist without that stuff even showing up. So, you know, the the Golden Fleece is that genre where they're they're trying to chase something to catch something. And the prize at the at the very end is the is the happily ever after. Yeah. You know, and so that's why I, I went with the fleece. But I, you know, I like all of your uh, answers. I, yeah. I just, I'm sorry they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Well, and speaking of being wrong, uh, James, you might, you might murder me for this, but I have to apologize for last week. I went back and watched <laughs> V for Vendetta, and I think I was wrong. I think Christian and John were right that it was a superhero movie. So there, we've all been wrong oh. at various points. <laughs> well, so. let me ask this question. If we had, like John said, if we didn't have the grandfather and the father, would and it was just a straight comedy slash fairy tale slash romance story uh, with some comedy elements and all that. Uh, what would we? Would you change your genre? I would no. not. 
No, I wouldn't either. I kind of took it the same way as John, where I just sort of looked them at, looked at them as narrators, uh, pretty much because every time the kid talks, you hit the next point in the story. Um, mm-hmm. But I, so I didn't really look at their relationship, and I still well, came but with buddy love. At, at, you know, as we go through everything from the book, we'll find out that the kid serves as that signal point throughout the movie to say, "Hey, here's where this point's happening. Hey, here's where this point's happening. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's where this point's happening." So they they kind of are important in in what the author's saying in the book about. Uh, let's make sure that we're hitting these points and that kind of the audience needs to know that it's there. And so having those two interact, I think, is really important. But take take them out of the equation. Make this just a uh, high fantasy adventure tale. It's still buddy love because the movie's about love, true love. Dude, (laughs) it is definitely about true love. Um, And I I think we can all agree, though, if you were trying to teach Save the Cat... This movie would probably be the poster, one of the poster child type sure. stories, because it hits everything. Does anybody, anybody disagree with that? That it, we've done some some really muddy, uh, you know, even the themes are spidering all over the place, and we've you know we've done these movies. This one, I, I don't want to call it cookie cutter. I, I just want to say it's well structured, and I blame the author being the screenwriter for that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you that it hits all those beats and it's it's very well structured, but I don't know that I would say that it would be a poster child simply because um, it, well, A, it there's there's no real change, and we'll get to this in a second, but there's it, it's a story where the world changes around them. There's no no real right, right. change in the in the protagonists. Um, but then also uh, a lot of the beats take place um and, and and because of that, with a lot of stories that that do that or that choose that 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 method of storytelling, um, the beats don't always happen with the antagonist. Sometimes they happen. I mean, the, the antagonist is involved, but um, they're not always like the highlight. If that makes any sense, I, I got you. The B story is very strong in this. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. and it even overshadows the A story. I think a lot. And and Paul and I even talked off camera. Uh, because we're on camera now, um, about <laughs> that that it's almost a better story. You know, yeah, yeah the A story is funny. The A story is awesome. It's it's very uh, good. But but it's that that emotion, man. It, they they know I think on the A story that it was all light comedy, silly, no no major change. So they he invested so much. He was so wise to do that with the B story. Um, let's go ahead and lay it out. Then the protagonist. Um, I, I, I just went, like I said, I'm going to go with this whole thing of, of I'm going from the, the movie within the movie out instead of from the outside in. Um, and I'm calling Wesley my protagonist. I'm saying he had sure. him and Buttercup have no flaws. Um, they, they are overly simplistic in that they are in love. They have it is it is assumed in the setup. They have true love. We have no real evidence of that other than a kiss in the sunlight. Um, and she quits making fun of him. Um, and, and that's actually how I got my wife, uh, is I had her get a pot down from me in the kitchen. (laughs) It is the international, you know, uh, love, true love making thing. But, uh, any, any, any comments on protagonists? Um, I'll go ahead and add in, uh, antagonist and his flaw, um, was the master, um, I'm sorry, the, the Humperdinck, I call him the master from the eighth doctor yeah, yeah, yeah. TV movie. Uh, he is cowardice and, uh, and he shares that weakness with uh six fingered man, which mm-hmm. is a hilarious thing. 
Um, so any co- thoughts on protag- protagonists and, and flaws? I, obviously, uh, Savage has a flaw. Yeah. He's sick. <laughs> as far as, um, you know, as the protagonist goes for Wesley, he is, even though he just kind of moves the audience through the story, he still has some very strong points. I was watching um, Dark Crystal uh, the other day, mm-hmm. and who you would think is the main protag- protra- protagonist in that story does nothing in the movie except just shows up and is there and then lets everything happen around him. At least Wesley is a little bit different in this, in this case because he's actually acting upon the events going on and in the case when he's meeting Inigo and uh, everyone else um, proving that he's smarter than them and he's changed from the time that he left as a farm boy to come back as the man in black mm. or the Dread Pirate Roberts. That's true. Yeah. He did change there. True. It's all <laughs> off camera, but <laughs> right. Um, any other comments on uh, on protagonists and antagonists? No. Yeah, I mean, just so that our listeners don't crucify us, uh, you know, for not talking for a split second about the father. I mean, the the grandson and the grandfather. Uh, we we kind of you know discussed this you know beforehand that we weren't going to spend a whole lot of time on that. But I I was glad that Stephen did bring up that point uh, where all those different breaks happen and there is an interaction and you can actually go through and you see different changes in. Kevin Arnold or whatever his mm-hmm. name is, uh, Fred Savage. I know him from the Wonder Years, but um, but yeah. So you see him go through those different changes. I mean, he even has like the Dark Knight of the Soul moment, you know, mm-hmm. be- because of the story and all that. So it, it all follows that, and it's really great. But it's a split second, and it's not, you know, like James said, we're going to be talking more about the the story within the story or however he uh, right. worded it so better. Because so on the movie, nobody put the old man, and the kid on the movie poster. So that yeah, that's that's the main reason. And also, yeah. I I. I am just stupid enough to, like I said, go from the inside out um, because all of that re- – we can mention the changes in the boy and the grandfather because there is a change. The relationship changes. The attitude of the young man changes. But it's in response to and because of the main story. So, well, yeah. And one could even get a little bit more meta in that uh, – beyond that in that the audience hopefully changes as well in this story. Yeah. Um, and I, I mentioned before that my son who's seven saw this for the first time and he just absolutely adored it. And at first he's like, I don't know about this. He was kind of like kissing. Come on, really dad. And uh, <laughs> just like by the, the end, yeah. he was at the end, he was sitting there going, I'm just going to sit through the credits and listen to this song because I think this is really cool. And then he said, is there a book based on this? And I said, yes. And he's like, yes, I want to go read that book. The other, I mean, when I say that there's a change in the audience, what's the first thing that we see in this movie? Um, uh, sick kid and nope. grandfather. Why? We game. see a crappy video game. Oh, that's right. A from sports the 80s, video game. Right? Yep. I wrote that down. Yep. And granted, back in the 80s, that was probably the top of the charts when it came to, it comes to a graphic video. But um, counter that to this world of imagination, this theater of the mind that is set up in the story that's being told. And there's this huge thing about maybe we do need to just put things down and tell a story and talk with one another uh, every once in a while. So hopefully there's that even bigger meta change that goes on with the audience from watching a movie about a story within the story. Yeah, that's, that's huge. That is huge because it was 1986, I believe. Right. And, um, and yeah, and there's, there already, that message is so much more important now than it ever was then. And he, and he proves it because he says, grandpa, can you come back next time uh, tomorrow and read it again? So, 
It's good stuff. No more, no more sports or video games. I'd wrote down that that was his thing. If it wasn't sports or video games, he didn't care. So, right. Yeah. Um, He's wearing a Bears jersey too. I mean, that's important. And the fridge is on a on a uh, poster in the background. <laughs> um, made me want to go and and collect some He Man characters. Yeah. Yeah. Captain some, America, some go figure. <laughs> It's good stuff. Uh, speaking of opening image, um, let's go ahead and talk about that just a tad. Um, there were there were obviously um, more or less two the video game, but let's talk about the one in the movie, um, the, the the beautiful farmstead. Any any comments? <laughs> Princess Buttercup. Well, she's just Buttercup, but yeah, riding her horse in. You know, she's a butt. She's butthole. Yeah, I mean, on a very surface level, it starts out where, uh, you know, Wesley and and, and uh, Buttercup are not together. She's ignoring him, or not ignoring him, but she's, you know, pestering him and uh, just being mean to him and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, so that, you know, contrasts with the end where they end up together and all that stuff. But, um, yeah. Yeah, set up. Uh, obviously, um, you know, this is a kissing book. Uh, we're very upset about that. And we're given a preview of the entire story. Uh, by Peter Falk, he tells yes, definitely he, he tells us the whole thing. It's really and it's brilliant. It's yeah, it's so great. Um, he even tells us the end later on. <laughs> Humber, <laughs> Humberdink lives. What you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, the girl bosses around a farm boy. He obviously says as you wish. They they do a lot of setup. They they lay this pipe very quickly though, and because um, we, we're getting them to we're in love, and um, and and it's it's a little weird because as you wish. Um, I know it has a double meaning, but every time I hear it, it was so, it was so often I think of my pleasure when, when you say thank you at Chick-fil-A <laughs> and, um, yeah, that it actually means something else. But, um, anyway, so he has to leave to seek his fortune, but Wesley dies. She says, I'll never love again. And, uh, so we also learn that, um, there's a huge respect, uh, for, for love in this story, not so much in this world. Um, by the bad guys anyway, but, uh, so she's got to marry Humperdinck. Any, any comments on setup? Yeah. One of the things that I thought is, is great. And I always look for this is that ticking time bomb. And when Humperdinck is, uh, giving, uh, the, the big balcony speech and everything, he says one month from today, I will marry, you know, princess buttercup. And it's like, boom, right there. We know, okay, well, we've got, we're, we're in a time crunch, even though it's a month. And later on we get, you know, a week and a day and all that kind of stuff. But even from the very beginning, they, they set us on a course that has uh, a timer on it. So great, great thing to add there in the setup mm-hmm. well and going to the laying the pipe part you know one of the things that sometimes people point out as a negative is narration in a in a movie uh in this case and you know you look at movies like blade runner and um oh, i forget another one just recently that had a lot of voiceover on it and the movie is just terrible the movie is not really good from the story structure uh stand-up but in this case by having peter falk the grandfather tell us what's going on we can skip 40 minutes or so mm. of stuff that needs to be laid out in a sentence or two that's, that's read by the grandfather. And so that works out really well. That's why yeah. for me, I, I know uh, maybe uh, uh, p- poster child was not the bad, was a bad idea. I would like to rephrase it though and say that this movie um, does a very good job at really showing you what each B ought to be, you know? Right. And like you said, it had that time, that ticking clock already established. It's obvious. It's right there. Um, 
anyway, even later on when we get to fun and games, you will not find another movie that has a more, I, I don't want to say formulated. I want to say structured, uh, fun and games. I mean, boom, 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 all the way through. We'll get there in a bit, but, um, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. Any more uh, comments on, on setup, uh, John Christian? I think nope. this movie is so easy that we're not going to have a whole lot of arguing yeah. uh, here, <laughs> which would be nice. It'd be nice to do a movie that's uh, a podcast that's just as long as the movie. Well, we could spend the whole time <laughs> arguing over grandpa and the, and the, <laughs> the movie within the movie thing, I think. Right. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll find something to make everybody angry over. Uh, By the way, guys, I have a tally of how many quotes from this movie we're going to do. So far, we're at four. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Uh, let's see. Uh, theme stated. Where, where, uh, where, and when was this theme stated? For me, I will just say that um, I'm going to just, in my mind, it is as you wish, and the double meaning behind it. I know it's ultimately true love. Do you think this happens every day? That's you know stated, but I, I think the uh, encapsulated it's it's in that that statement. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, the whole point of the story is very fairy tale, and obviously it's intentional. But it's the the true love, and it, it's uh, made really clear and evident in the whole as you wish deal. But yeah, it's true love. You think this happens every day? Uh, like true love. We'll, uh, we'll conquer all kind of deal. It's the, uh, yeah. True love, Max. True love. It's, yeah. I have the, uh, the, the special edition DVD. Ooh. And, um, huh. yeah. Come on Does it rich. say princess bride when you turn it upside down too? that yes. title? Ooh, I love that one. I believe that is the right one. Anyways. Um, one of the things that Blake Snyder talks about is that your theme's got to be in, in your pitch somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at, I watched all the, uh, the TV uh, release commercials for the movie. Oh, yeah. And I- each one of them, he has that, this is true love. Do you think this happens every day? Huh. So that's got to be the, the theme. Yeah, I mean, the line I think right before that is when he, as far as it being actually stated, is when, you know, to me is when he says, know this, I will always come for you. This mm-hmm. is true love. And I think those two sentences go together because later on in the story, um, he says, death cannot stop true love, only delay it for a while. And so right. it's, he, he restates that toward the end. Um, and so I, to me, it's, it's I, I would say it's both of those things, you know, but like you already said, James, love conquers all. Um, it's encapsulated in as you wish. Uh, but as far as it being stated, I would have to go with, yeah, that moment they're standing over the cliffs before they kiss and all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, save the cat moment for Wesley. Ooh. As you wish. His, <laughs> yeah. With his yeah, hair down in his lot. face, man. Was, yeah, he, he's, he, he loves was hotter than she was, and I'm nonsense. straight as an arrow. You know? <laughs> he was, he's a, he, I never saw him as a good-looking dude, you know? But uh, in, he looks good with his hair in his face, 80s style, man. <laughs> That's great. I got to be honest. When I was watching this a couple times – my brain switched over to uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. No, wrong movie. Okay. Any movie he's been in. What was the one he did that was a make uh, Top Gun? Saw? Uh, yeah, I was yeah. going to say Saw. <laughs> yeah, Saw. <laughs> Wasn't he in a Top Gun uh, uh, parody where he was the straight guy? Anyway, Hot know. Shots. Yes. Something like that. He was. He was like the guy that she was supposed to marry kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, he's a good guy. He's funny, and he can't. Uh, he could never do anything serious. Well, I guess he did though, didn't he? he saw. 
showed air in there, didn't he? So uh, Peter Fox, uh, save the cat moment, just for fun, is just being chill, just being an awesome grandpa. He, he yeah. doesn't then yell at the kid, shut up. He, he should. He ought to hit him in the head with a book. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, you're sick. You're sick. I'm going to sit down. I got 14 layers of clothes on. You know, it's just <laughs> got a fake, fake mustache. What do you want? It's the best uh, Peter Falk impression possible. Catalyst. Um, <laughs> Princess is kidnapped. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yes. Uh, to this- start a war on top of that. Yes. I don't know that I caught that the first 13 no, times I've seen it. it. It doesn't come up until much, much later uh, in the movie. We know that she gets kidnapped. We know that, um, that uh, Viz- uh, what's his name? Vizzini, Vizzini yeah. is going to murder her and start a war, but we don't know that the prince is the one who paid him off until much it. later in the film. Yeah. We just know Gilder has patches on their uniforms, and if you remove right. it, it does all the work for you. Yep. <laughs> Providing the horse actually makes it back to the stable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the, any, any other thoughts on catalyst? Pretty easy. Yeah. 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 yeah it's fair. Yeah. It's really easy. All right. Debate hesitation. The, uh, the change that is scary. Um, I, I put that it is, it starts in a weird place. Uh, and it starts for me when the Spaniard looks, he starts looking back over his shoulder the question of will they get away with it? It's inconceivable. Inconceivable. <laughs> you know, you keep saying that word, but I do not think it means what you think it means. I don't think it means. What Six. It means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the question of who's chasing them is, is part of the debate. Cause what I've noticed with it, it early on in this, I would always look for the inner debate in the protagonist, you know, cause there are movies like that. Can I do this? Should I do it? You know, and there's a training sequence or something, you know, uh, but uh, all other times, especially in this kind of movie, when the world is what changes, um, you know, we, we get a lot of questions in general, just period. Questions can be part of it. Um, but the, uh, my second debate moment, though, and where it kind of ends for me is at the uh, Cliffs of Insanity when he Indigo offers help and the man in black debates just briefly. You know, mm-hmm. and and so uh, breaking it two obviously starts for me when when he pulls him up uh, with the rope. Thoughts on debate and breaking it two? Yeah, I, so I, I'm with you, James, as far as you know that debate being on the ship and everything. But I think it starts uh, like a minute or two earlier, where it's Anigo and Fezic that are talking to uh, Fazzini. I, I can never remember how to say his name. Um, where they're like, "Wait a minute, you know, you didn't say that kidnapping was involved or killing yeah, was involved." Killing. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and they're kind of talking about that. And so the whole idea of again, like uh, uh, you have to forgive me, but uh, whomever pointed out that we don't know as of yet that it is Humperdinck that said all this up we think it's just you know these three um those two they're they're asking or they're saying this stuff and it's kind of like well this is someone's true love and on and on it's just supposed to be kidnapping that's all that it is you didn't say anything about the murder and so there's that first debate and then it goes a little bit further like you said where they're uh the whole you know can we get away with it thing uh that comes in so i think there's a little bit of that double bump style kind of thing going on there good stuff triple bump if you had the uh Man oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The black yeah. debate there. Any other input? Did you add the what debate? The um, the debate. They call them the man in black, so I'm, I'm referring the to him. And oh, okay. On the close of insanity, when he's hanging there, 
you know, can, can you hurry up? You know, he's I like, get what you mean. I just this isn't as easy as it looks. I love that Seven. line. Yeah. No, this is that's. Like I was 13. trying to to think. Uh, you know, I was trying to erase the fact that I knew who the Man in Black was, and um, I remember seeing this in the theater actually, and and seeing this this Man in Black chasing him down. Like, <laughs> What's this guy all about? So this the, the debate is is perfectly what you all said. You know, from the beginning where they're saying, "Oh, we're not going to kill the girl," and then all the way up to where he's actually on the cliff, and they start. You know, can we trust this guy, Man in Masks can't be trusted. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's good. I, I like, James, that you're talking about two debates because Vizzini really tries to end the debate early on by saying, you're getting paid to do what I tell you to do. Mm. And he doesn't want to hear it. And so he's, you know, at, at that point, that debate ends. And then you can pick up the other debate of uh, are we going to get away and who is this guy? Oh, let's add two more debates. Let's add, just for fun, in our break into two, um, we see uh, Vicini, I mean, sorry, not Vicini, we see Indigo, uh, he has a debate because his, like you said, he was supposed to just go in and kill him. Um, he says, no, right. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it like, I'm going to do it with honor, you know? Left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then even later on uh, with uh, big Andre the Giant, Fezzik. he, he Fezzik's supposed to just kill the dude, bash him with a rock. That's not very sportsmanlike. Eight. Um, he throws the rock ahead of him, which is an amazing effect. I don't know how they did that. Um, so everybody has a conscience except for Vicini. So James, what's the guy that with the sword? What's his name? Uh, Indigo. Guy? Indigo. Indigo. Right. Like the and color. to say Vicini, sure you, right. you have to say it like he does. Vicini. So like Mario. Yes, but it was Inigo. Yeah. No, see, yeah, uh, no it, James has it right. It's Indigo, Linguini, okay. and Andre the Giant. That's <laughs> the name. And, and, and Peach. Yeah, see, but I always say it like he says it himself because he's got that. I mean, he's a Jewish guy, but he's playing a Spaniard. Inigo, uh, in yeah, Inigo, in yeah. So I, in all of my notes, I have it completely misspelled then because I have it like I N I G O. Yeah, that's it's how like, it's spelled. That's the correct spelling. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Inigo, Inigo Montoya. Inigo Montoya. Okay. Hmm. okay. This is syntax beatdown, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great show. I would totally listen to that. <laughs> uh, so, um, oh, go ahead. I was just saying I started that whole argument and then made fun of you guys. Sorry. <laughs> uh, fight with Indigo is awesome. Uh, some great just sword play and things like that. It's great. So, but that's where you, I mean, that's where the B story picks up because we find out about Inigo and his quest to kill the man with six fingers. Yes. As they're sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. In the book, it was uh, told in flashback uh, in their own minds. Interesting. And it, and it also came in and it tied into their morality about letting him have a shot. Uh, but they, they did, he did so well translating that from, cause we've already got, we are basically, you could say the setup was almost that, you know, it was backstory um, instead of real time stuff. So uh, did a great job, did a great job with that. It's a good story. I, I, I wonder though, did they know how much, that B story was just going to become so iconic. That character, that actor, this, the quotes. I mean, the whole movie's mm-hmm. quotable. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, other than uh, uh, Holy Grail, you know, you, you, there's not another more quotable movie that I can think of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, And speaking of the story of the six-fingered man, my, my son has a friend who was born on the same day as him, a uh, different hospital, but he actually has six fingers. 
<laughs> no way. Well, yeah, he's got he's got six fingers on his left hand and uh, six toes on his left. Please uh, don't foot, let him so. kill anybody's dad. Yeah, don't I, let him kill you because th- oh, that I, would be the relation there. <laughs> oh, yeah, there don't, believe me, whenever I babysit that kid, I I don't take a nap. It's like I'm watching him the whole time. So <laughs> yeah, I wonder where you go to get a special glove made specifically for your hand, like that. Uh, guy the hunchback has. in the tree makes it probably. Yeah, probably. Mm. Billy Crystal's wife sews them in her, in her spare time. <laughs> So B story, speaking about it, let's do it. Uh, Mr. Montoya's revenge story. You killed my father. Um, I also commented that at this moment where they're sitting there on that rock talking, uh, we're meeting the two heroes of the film. Right. It's interesting. Mm. And his, well, and his story drives everything um, after midpoint, which is uh, again, poster child. I'm saying it because B story is supposed to come back at the end. And man, this guy comes back at the end, like nothing else. You know, it's not just a little video from grandma that, you know, a little memory from the, you know, the beginning of the movie, the B story saves the A story all over the place. Oh, right. So. And if you want to talk more buddy love, I mean, here is some love going on between, uh, Wesley and Inigo and Andre the Giant yeah. uh, throughout this thing where they they literally team up and know that they have to work together if they're going to complete the quest. And and so seeing some buddy love moments sprinkled in in the B story and the fun and games moments, uh, I think is important in establishing the characters and their relationships. Yeah. And, you know, and kind of springboarding off of that and, you know, talking about the the two uh, heroes, like what you said, James, they're they're kind of two sides of the same coin. I, I, I know that there's a technical term in movies for this, but, um, you know, uh, Inigo is kind of that glimpse at, you know, this is what you could become, Wesley, if you let these things fester, because, you know, Inigo has been dealing with this stuff for 20 years and his love for his father has resulted in this revenge and, and just spending his whole life trying to, uh, to track the six, the six fingered man. You Wesley, have an over overly developed sense of vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so with, uh, Wesley, it's, it's, he's, he's on the other end of that where it's okay that you're just now at the beginning of this, you're only five years deep, um, you know, resolve this stuff now. And so then throughout the movie, there are more of those parallels, uh, you know, that we'll see as we talk later on. So very cool. Any other thoughts on B story? No, it's, it's awesome. The crickets, yeah. the crickets we tell sh- the story. Um, mm-hmm. Fun and games, man. We wanted to cut through uh, a lot of that to get to the fun and games. Usually we gloss over, but this is just too good not to. Um, I'll tell you what I wrote down. Just simple and plain. Um, I love it because it's just ver- uh, Wesley versus Indigo. Wesley versus Fezzik. Wesley versus Vicini. Wesley versus Buttercup. <laughs> because <laughs> he does Shots. oh yeah oh yeah and then wesley versus fire swamp and we're bleeding a little bit into the midpoint but um or actually even bad guys close in on that point but uh let's let's talk about fun and games it is it is so awesome it's like a video game it's like 300 that was a movie yeah where 300 where there's waves of bad guys and you have to defeat them to get to the big boss the big boss thank you that's metal gear solid <laughs> and every other video game ever at street fighter your princess um, is in another castle i don't play oh, video games i'm so lost right now the final boss from metal gear solid's name is big boss okay <laughs> move let's move on <laughs> my, one of my favorite lines and uh you know christian you're gonna have to get out your uh your tally board or your you know whatever you're using for Never the quotes but 
Okay. <laughs> Your abacus, I guess. But, um, but I, I love the fact that whenever he's having the battle of wits in the midst of the, the dialogue uh, or the monologue or whatever, Vicini has a, a line where he says, in studying, you must have learned that man is mortal. It's like, wait, <laughs> what in the world are you talking about? Why do, you yeah, have yeah. To, why do you have to be someone who studies to know that? And so, <laughs> well, obviously, he's not as smart as he thinks he is. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, he's a great guy. He's a good snappy dresser, though. I, yeah. And uh, I just couldn't stop hearing the the dinosaur from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could hear. It's a good one. That's yeah, a- the the banter in during the sword fight that you mentioned, James. The 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 lines. Uh, what was it? Uh, you seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. Is another <laughs> is another great one. So. Oh, yeah, Indigo. Uh, I I love the the I don't know. There's flips. There's a there, there's that that pipe that goes across yeah, yeah, yeah. with the moss on it with two mm-hmm. perfectly removed areas perfect for doing flips on. So, all right. So, uh, any 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 favorite moments here in in funny games? I mean, there was just so much good stuff. I love Fire Swamp. I love all of it. That Buttercup is kind of dumb. She <laughs> <laughs> can't tell that it's Wesley. Oh yeah, my, <laughs> yeah. I, I turned to my son after it was revealed. I said, "Did you know that it was him all the time?" He's like, "Yeah." But but Lewis Lane that makes Lewis Lane the dumbest character in the universe then because at least Wesley had a mask on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody yeah. got him. I I kind of rationalized that that in that he never said anything to her other than true. But she heard he, she heard his voice. Yeah. In the debate with uh, Vizzini. And it's been five years. He's, it took him a long time to grow that tiny little pencil stripe mustache there. So. <laughs> and uh, it just totally threw her off. Um, here's something, though, to consider. Obviously, he's heard that she is, you know, marrying somebody else. And he's mad. He comes in angry. Right. I, like, legitimately angry. And that's why he doesn't reveal himself. He wants to poke her brain and find out. What, what, you know, how much of this was her idea? Why did she give up on him? So how come he didn't know? Why didn't he guess that? Oh, duh. I dread pirate Roberts. I'm dead to her. I don't know. It's just a little tweaky right there. And I love this movie. I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying that, uh, just in real life doesn't make a lot of sense. Any comments? Yeah, well, every, every movie has plot holes. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, that I can easily forgive that. Because well, especially this one when you, oh, yeah. when you've got, you know, basically an Ewok without his cuteness fighting Wesley in a fire swamp. Uh, yeah. You have to suspend some <laughs> disbelief. The R O R O U S S. Yeah. I don't have? think they exist. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quote right there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I included it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my 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 two favorite uh fun and games moments, uh, you know, when whenever he knocks out Andre the Giant and he says, you know, I do not envy the headache you're gonna have in the morning, but the line right after that, in the meantime, rest well and dream of large women. Large yes. women. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a great one. But uh, you know what but my my absolute favorite thing, and they, they do this throughout this movie, and it's just so great, but they they have great, great, great scene structure in this movie, and they do it to where it's 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 very organic and it doesn't seem contrived and a lot of times movies try and do it and and it does and the the example that I want to point out that I think is just great is when uh Vicini tells um Fezzik to kill uh Roberts 
Yeah. And, you know, so he gives him like, okay, here's the scene goal. And it's given to, you know, Fezzik and it's stated out loud by a different character other than the one who is supposed to actually be a part of the scene. So they establish that for us. They, you know, and then he meets his foe. They have their, you know, their debate back and forth. Um, you know, there's the the point where, you know, he there's the false victory in the middle of a midpoint where, you know, he, uh, uh, Roberts is like hitting him and it doesn't succeed. And, you know, on and on it goes through all of the different beats in within that scene. And then ultimately, you know, Wesley takes him down or whatever. And so this movie has several scenes that are like that. But that one um, I just love because of just how... Uh, just, I mean, it hits every stinking beat there. And so for scene structure, um, you know, this, this, like I said, it, it, they do it throughout the movie, but that one just stands out to me. And every time I see that, I just, I nod and I'm just like, yep, there you go. That's the way it should be done. So, yeah, I've been trying to uh, build up a defense against uh, Iocane powder. I can't seem to find any. So if they don't sell it on eBay, just, just, <laughs> just telling you that. Oh, which when when the the fact that they point out that you can't smell iocane oh, yes. powder and then the prince like <laughs> smells it, but I mean they they give him like you can give him a pass because he says I would bet my life on it, so it's like okay, I guess we're supposed to believe that you're guessing, but still, well, he's supposed to be this ultimate tracker though, right? Yeah, he's like, they, and they show that again and again. Yeah, you can track a falcon on a on a cloudy day. That's right, and yeah. she even comments that love though true love can't. Uh, be tracked and you you know wesley and all this stuff that's it's a really good thing i didn't write it down but it's good stuff um i i like the argument between him and buttercup um and and though she is dumb she is definitely no sucker and that uh, uh, angry farm girl that we saw before with no parents mm-hmm. who apparently just lived with the farm boy in this little <laughs> wonderland uh she throws him down a freaking ravine it's awesome and then we get that great as line, as you wish. Yeah, which leads it and back then, to Stephen's point that she's an idiot because then it's like instead of like crawling down, she just hurls she herself hurls down. Herself. <laughs> oh my dear! Which even as a I kid, doing? I was like, "What in the world? Why? Why did that happen?" Um, yes, if if it's a comedy, that makes the comedy exactly. Yeah, over yeah, yeah. the top. But yeah, you're right. I also read like, a little uh, bit about the guy, and he said a lot of this stuff including the weird and wonky names like Buttercup, Humperdinck, uh, the Princess Bride, uh, were because he would tell stories to his daughters, and one would want princess stories, the other would want bride stories. And uh, he would make up these silly names, and they made it into the book. And I thought that was good, because prior to that, I have always assumed it was Grandpa not being able to read these fancy, weird, smancy names (laughs) in this book. And so he would just gloss over them and make up weird names, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and Steven, you just said something that I wanted, I wanted to make sure to highlight uh, when you said that scene, like makes the comedy go over the top. That was one of my favorite parts of this movie is that they poke fun at so many like stereotypes, like with the Mm -hmm. the hunchback and he starts talking in the raspy voice and then he clears his throat and he talks normally. Um, I mean, there's like a number of different things that unfortunately are slipping my mind right now, but they, they do poke fun at those things. And that makes sense to me because of Rob Reiner being the director, having done Mm -hmm. spinal tap with Christopher guest, you know, it's like Christopher guest and Rob Reiner. It's like, that's their bread and butter is that kind of stuff. And so I thought that that was just so great that they would just, they made those nods to like, Hey, we're going to include this, but then we're going to move past it and we're going to get on with the story. So yeah, they're real spotty with the comedy. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's not, but, um, after midpoint it's pretty much all out. 
It's it's good stuff. Speaking of midpoint, um, if we're all done, uh, well, is there any fire swamp comments? I love that sand. It's the scariest crap in the world. Just the lightning just, sand. Yeah, sucks you up, man. And uh, and and he dives in head first. Somehow maneuvers completely the opposite direction and makes his way back out. Uh, but when I was younger, I just remember I was in high school. I guess or no, I was at a yeah, I was in high school when I first saw it. But uh, just anything to do with sand and not being able to breathe is terrifying to me. But yeah, I like I like whenever they first get in there and Wesley like says you know that it's not that bad and he's just like well I wouldn't build a summer home here but the trees are nice and you know so that yeah, yeah. part's funny. Um, You're only saying that because no one has. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh that. Yeah. I thank you. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. That one. That's a, another great line of his. But uh, I, I watched. Um, it, it's been a long time ago, so some of my details might be a little bit foggy. So forgive me if uh, anybody has actually seen this. But I saw there was an interview with one of the actors who played one of the Rous's because those are actually people. You know. Mm-hmm. In, in the costumes. What? I think James, you hinted at that a minute ago. Yeah. Um, little people. And one of the guys was like running late and it was like his first acting gig. And so he was kind of like dressing in the suit as he was driving That'd and he got crazy. pulled over by a cop, <laughs> like wearing the ROUS suit. And he's like, oh, I'm on my way to a movie shoot. What in the world movie are you in that gave you that thing? And he's like, oh, I'm an ROUS. And the guy's like, I've never heard of it. He's like, well, that's kind of one of the lines. And he's like, you know, it's all lost on the cop or whatever. But uh, yeah, so funny, funny story uh, from outside the film. That's good. That's good. All right, midpoint. Um, I know it's supposed to be a moment. It's a. It's a moment. It's a page fifty-five. It's it's where the stakes are raised for that both the A and the B story. I read up on my stuff again this week, um, but I still want to back up and say to me, uh, midpoint is is right there at the kiss at the bottom of the hill, or actually at the moment she realizes it's Wesley. Um, and then I know we go through the fire swamp, but I think there's also the, uh, if we want to say a double bump for midpoint is their false victory after making it out of the fire swamp comments, thoughts. Yeah. Well, see, and, and I kind of struggle with this one because I know that, you know, it, the, the formula quote unquote, which sounds like a negative word, but I don't think it is, is that, you know, the midpoint is supposed to be either a, a high or a low and then all is lost is, you know, reciprocate, uh, reciprocate of that. Um, and so with this one, I felt like there was two James, unfortunately I disagree with the kiss before they go into fire, the fire swamp. Cause I think that the fire swamp is, is still part of the fun and games. Uh, so to me, I agree with you with the false victory that Wesley and buttercup, they make it alive through the fire swamp. They, they have some comment about, you know, we've, you know, we can handle anything or whatever. And then immediately after that, the princess offers herself in order to save Wesley. And so that's a false defeat. So we have both a false high and an immediate false low. Um, and to me, that's where the stakes are raised is when the princess offers herself. Um, and it's almost like, okay, well, now we kind of have a new story because he's, you know, she knows that he's alive. Uh, he's proven that they can make it through all of this stuff and they've reunited and that true love has conquered everything so far. Well, now we have true love has something new to conquer. And so we can almost, you know, a lot of times the midpoint is almost kind of a little bit of a reset um, and we get, you know, a, a refinement uh, of the goal there. So that's, that's, you know, my two cents there. Okay. Well, we're saying basically that you've got one midpoint where I'm, I'm counting to, let me, let me just say that I would say that I consider fire swamp though. I, I do consider it fun and games. I, I would also place it in the bad guys close in category 
because Fire Swamp comes in, bad guys close in. Um, he's you know thrown in a dungeon, the whole thing, and it begins. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I'll make a quick comment on that. Like I actually went and bought, um, there's another save the cat book, believe it or not. I thought there was only one. Then you tell me yeah. there's two. And then I found out there's yep. three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see what he does postmortem, which actually I know two, I think was postmortem or released anyway. But, um, but some of the movies that he kind of lays out the beats for bad guys close in. He has in various spots in certain movies where he's like, well, no, this is just bad guys closing in and it'll happen, you know, during fun and games or even like, It'll go B story, bad guys close in, fun and games, bad guys close in. Um, a lot of the action movies, which I know that he doesn't consider that to be a genre, but just uh, for the sake of clarity, like a lot of action films, bad guys are just always closing in. So you, I understand when, what you're saying as far as putting bad guys close in as being in the fire swamp, and I agree with you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the midpoint has to be before that, if that makes sense. No, I agree. I just think it is. I would just because I'm I'm real simple when I think about this stuff and the kiss is the high point it's the party it's the moment that they finally connect and things right. start to change and then after that is when things start getting negative yeah so, then that's when they go into the uh fire into swamp. the swamp into Dagobah. yeah yeah and then yeah <laughs> and then they get uh then they get caught and then Wesley gets tortured yeah so yeah it does start to go way downhill after that so Stephen are you in agreement with uh, with James then as far as the midpoint I, I think so. I think when okay. when they go into the swamp, that's that's the midpoint right there. That's okay. that's where I'm coming from because the the kiss is that high point. Any 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 other thoughts on midpoint? Well, I yeah. put it a little bit after the swamp I, when she when she surrendered to mm. save uh, Wesley's life. Yeah, kind stakes like are definitely raised there. That's why I'm, I, I'm I have to fart around with it and say that that it's kiss. But then if the, if the stakes are raised, if we're judging it by just that, then I would have to agree completely with Paul. Um, well, and, and, you know, just on, as far as that, you know, goes, you know, you talk about, you know, the party or whatever, you know, everybody comes together. And so like all the stories converge at that point, um, you know, in a sense, I mean, you know, because the six fingered man is connected with uh, Inigo, mm-hmm. uh, in Inigo, sorry, you know, I'm going to continue to botch that name. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I looked at that as kind of being that party that you know, gathering, you know, that kind of that reset or whatever. But like I said, I also, because I don't think that there is, um, if, if I were to be completely correct in, in that it was only that moment, that's a false defeat. Well, there's not a false high later on. So that lends itself to what you're saying. And so, you know, I, I let, that's why I keep asking these questions as far as why that moment before the, the swamp, because, you know, now that I, when I go back and watch it, I'm probably going to go, okay, you guys are absolutely right because that is the high. Again, I have a high when yeah. they first come out of the, the swamp right. and they I think that everything's good. But then there's that other moment right after that's a little bit confusing, but I could consider that as bad guys close in like you guys were saying. So right. yeah, so I'm, I'm getting a little bit of clarity here and I'm kind of moving some of my notes around so that when I go back and watch it tonight or but tomorrow, they- then... You know. Yeah, but when they go into the swamp, though, I mean, things don't get better. I mean, things get worse. I mean, that, Absolutely. that idea of the lovers are reunited and they kiss and then suddenly, oh, bad guys. And then they have to go into the into the uh, fire swamp. Yeah, uh, things just are not good after that. Things don't get good until uh, the very end. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and, and all that makes perfect sense. Like I said, that's why I'm just I'm asking these questions so that I can make some notes and go back and watch it again. So, well, and yeah. I am probably wrong in that. Like I said, I'm fudging with the with the controls a little bit on the VHF, you know, com, uh, television here to get in that I'm I'm counting right there in Fire Swamp. I'm, I'm calling that 
bad guys close in. I'm calling it uh, uh, fun and games as well. I think there's just a little overlay. And if there's anything we've seen in movies, it's that nobody sticks to the structure. Not nothing fits perfect, and some people ignore it completely or have too much of one thing, you know. And um, it, it, this moment, it's it's a good moment, and it's different. It's different in that it's in a set for one. Uh, like the like the sword fight scene, it just has a different feel. It's that Dagobah, you know, Yoda should be there somewhere, um, <laughs> trying to steal somebody's chewy bars or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, John, uh, Christian, any other thoughts? I like going last because I can just say nope and just <laughs> listen and soak in all that you guys have said. John, movie, oh, Christian, that's just too nope. easy for me to have thoughts. Go ahead, sorry. Okay. You're not allowed to have thoughts if you say you have no thoughts. So <laughs> I, I was just confirming that I didn't. John? Nope, I have okay. nothing to add. All right, bad guys close in. That's doubt, jealousy, fear, the physical and the emotional regroup to defeat the main character's goal. Um, again, I, I cheated. I added Fire Swamp in there. Um, bad guys close in on Wesley and Buttercup there as they get out. Um, his him being tortured. I even put that the wedding day uh, and and uh, is closing in. You know that Wesley has his closing in with the torture and death and fifty years being erased from his life eventually. Uh, which I wonder how that works. That the machine you have to put somebody else in there to take the rest of it anyway. Uh, but but the, the wedding day is is impending and her own suicide is impending and pressing in on her. Um, any thoughts, Stephen? No, Buttercup, don't kill yourself. Love. <laughs> yeah. He said he'll come back. My Wesley yeah, no, will it's, come it's, for it's, me. You know, the, by the time you get into this thing where they're thrown into the, uh, the pit of despair, uh, from the audience standpoint, we don't expect things to get better. I mean, Inigo and uh, Andre the Giant are gone. Um, Buttercup is under this false belief that Prince Humperdinck is has sent out these ships to go find the dread pirate Roberts mm-hmm. and deliver the message of if you truly love her, then come and pick her up and be gone. But we know it's not. So even from the audience standpoint, we're just like, oh crap, yeah. this is this is not going to happen. Bad guys are definitely closing in, it, yep. and it's it's on every every part, every yep. part. Because um, even even Vicini, I mean, I'm sorry, Indigo and and all those guys, they're uh, they're not there. They're not around. We see him a little bit later, but they've lost their leader. And and we see later that uh, he's gone back to the beginning. I'm going back to the beginning. So I'm doing Mario every time I mean to do a <laughs> Spaniard's accent. But um, but yeah, I, I even even with the kid and the grandpa to back up and talk about the influence. I mean, there's this anger. Uh, well, actually, it's later on in All is Lost when he dies. But I mentioned it, so we'll go ahead and talk about it. Um, the kid is upset and he's angry and he's echoing what you were talking about, Stephen, with the audience. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're a little upset that things aren't going so great. Everybody's in a bad, in a bad way. Um, and I remember loving the machine, the idea. I yeah. remember also loving that the suckers weren't on his nipples. I'm glad yeah. <laughs> they tastefully put them a little above because I, I don't think I'd have been able to watch it. Not for any moral reasons, just because nipples would probably enter the tubes and go all the way through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I couldn't handle it. So, But, uh, yeah, suction. <laughs> it's sucking your life. Uh, any other comments, thoughts on Bad Guys Close In? It's exactly where I would have put it. Okay. 
Uh, all is lost is when uh, Wesley's killed. No. This is where I have some concerns. Okay. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. It couldn't be. It has to be that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This one's so clean. It's it's just clear cut. This movie. It's got. It's not just a whiff of death. It's the suck of death. So, yeah. I mean, I, the only thing that I would add to that, because I completely agree that that is it. But then, like you've already kind of mentioned, James Buttercup realizes that no ships actually have gone out. And so it's just her hope is gone that you know, that, that, uh, he's going to return. I mean, she kind of, I guess now that I say that out loud, I mean, I think she actually says, you know, my Wesley will come for me or whatever, but at the same time, there is that whiff of no hope that, okay, well, everything I thought was going to happen isn't going to happen. So they, they each kind of have their own there. Um, you know, with, with that. So absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, all the ships, but you'll fool fastest. You mean? Yeah. 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 Well, and I, you know, and again with, and I don't know if they were, if they were thinking that the audience was too dumb and needed to be kind of told these kinds of things because suddenly, you know, Wesley is dead. Humperdinck marries the princess and, you know, Fred Savage is sitting there going, what? This isn't how it's supposed to end. This is terrible. And, you know, he's in that same (laughs) spot that the characters in the movie are and the audience are is that this is the darkest point of the whole movie. That's why the place where they're torturing him is called the pit of despair. I mean, yeah. it's very, it's very, you know, it's very on the wink nose at the audience. Yeah. It's yeah. Winking at yeah. The well, audience, and so. it's also the names and, and locations that he created when he was talking to his own kids. I'd also point out mm-hmm. this is a PG movie and this was uh, an, a broader audience. I will also add that when I was in high school, I hated this movie because what? it was the only movie that they would show at all the freaking church youth group lock-ins oh, <laughs> and I just hated it just because of that. And I never watched it all the way through later in life. Love it. Appreciated it for what it was rather than what I thought it was. You know, I thought it was just the one movie we were allowed to see. Um, and they say breasts in the movie. So I don't even know how it made it into the church. <laughs> <laughs> we closed our ears at that point. Uh, yeah, no, I, and, and again, just to kind of drill this point home, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this point, James, I will give you is kind of poster child where, you know, all is lost moment. It's beyond whiff of death. It's like he actually dies. We've already seen movies before where Obi-Wan dies, where Gandalf dies. I mean, it's just that's what happens. I mean, in this case, though, it happens to be uh, I think you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it happens to be the protagonist that that dies. So he's only mostly dead. Exactly. Well, <laughs> we don't know that yet. Don't get ahead of us. That's my job. <laughs> but I, I guess what I was trying to say there is is our audience was younger and uh people that only see pg you know movies and only go see clean comedy um they were going out to see this movie and kids were stretching you know like you know six-year-olds seven-year-olds were seeing a pg movie for the first time probably you know and so there was a lot of uh, i believe a lot of that overtelling you know uh you know you know all right so all is lost is really great uh dark night of the soul it's uh it's our hesitation um before the break into three and and, and it's great it's great because uh Fezzik and indigo discover wesley's dead body mm-hmm. and um and that's you know when the kid starts freaking out and all this kind of stuff um i love that the kid cares i love that this is where we're seeing a change in him you know from a kissing book he's finding out there's a lot more uh to life yeah, and he wants his grandfather to tell him he's, you know, his grandfather has been transformed from um, someone who's crazy to someone who actually means something at this point. Ooh, to him. Ooh, I it's kind of almost the inverse of 
the dark night of the soul. I got another, I got another changing moment for him too. The little boy is love went from kissing book to true love. He understood it. He connected with his grandfather. The, as you wish comment. Boom. Yeah. Uh, so, mm, that was good. Ah, that's well why done. I love this show. Yeah. Princess Bride. Yeah, I, I would add one more earlier or just slightly earlier before, as far as dark night of the soul before, uh, before they discover his dead body. Um, you know, cause if we're going with the whole idea of, you know, the character hits rock bottom and wallows and hopelessness, um, that scene right outside of the tree where Fezzik, you know, knocks the hunchback or whatever. And then Inigo like speaks to his dead father and his sword is supposed to guide him and he hits the tree, but nothing happens. And he literally like, gives up and, mm-hmm. and wallows in, oh, in yeah. hopelessness yeah that falls into the knot and then it opens up and so there's like you know there there it happens like, there then they're like okay let's go yeah <laughs> yeah so it happens there and then again you know then it's just like oh great we got it we're gonna go in and save him oh no never mind yeah so yeah so I, I think there's there's kind of the there, there's a couple of spots right there so. there's a dark night of the soul for the um for the uh, white dude what's his name um the albino <laughs> albino i just oh, the forgot albino, the name. Yeah. yeah he had a tiny little dark night of the soul he got he got jogged too hard I jogged too old. man i know that that is not uh uh jim belushi but man he looks just like man, i know i used to every think time the same i see thing. that yeah i, I was, was glad the kissing book it. wasn't with him you know <laughs> you got a little slits there on your uh, mouth yeah. I mean, when you haven't washed your face in enough time to where you got mold on your lip that's pretty bad I can give you rotten teeth any day of the week, but if you got mold on the outside of your face, <laughs> you better be a goblin or an albino. All right. Yeah. No <laughs> offense. Of, no offense. Albino. Yeah, I was going to say. Love you. Um, okay. So Dark Knight of the Soul, we've said um, Humperdinck. Oh, oh, but he was also upset by the revelation that Humberdink doesn't die. So for Dark Knight right. of the Soul for the kid wasn't just that protagonist will will at least let the the antagonist die at the end. No, he doesn't die. He and and he tells us the end of the story right there. Classic, yeah. awesome. You know, I w- well I can't say classic because that's hardly ever done. It's just good. Yeah, yeah. Is so it- I so I have to ask right here um, before we move on to break into three. Is that the end of Dark Knight of the Soul for you guys, or where does Break into Three come in? For okay, you? Uh, Break into Three is for me is when Indigo comes up with a solution to save Wesley. When he cool. when he thinks about going to you know you have any money, let's go talk mm-hmm. to Miracle Max. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say it's when the grandfather says, uh, "You want to hear the rest of the story or not? Sit down." Ah, uh, mm. yeah, yeah. See, and and I and I, I kind of had to struggle because i mean again we talked about this you know beforehand where it's like we're going to focus on the story um yeah so i that that would have been mine was the grandfather uh but yeah no i'm i I, the the one thing that kind of i was just kind of going okay i'm I'm curious to see if anybody thinks uh there there is that debate scene with miracle max um in there where it's like he doesn't want to do it and so we have a genuine debate there and so dark knight of the soul mirrors debate i don't know if, how much we've talked about that on the show but in the save the cat book you know the dark knight of the soul is the mirror image uh, or not mirror image but it's, it's a um, matching beat it, i don't thank know you, that it's a mirror you. image yeah. yeah thank you that's a, a much better way of putting it uh the, it's a matching beat and so um i yeah so because there's that debate whenever they first get to miracle max i was just kind of curious to see you know if you know if anybody thought that that was part of dark knight of the soul or if going to miracle max was breaking to three or if it was actually going to the castle is is breaking a three so no i say definitely when they go to miracle max's 
yeah. okay. at that point. Yeah. yeah, I've got Miracle Max. Because that's where hope returns to the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And we get, and it's stretched out a little bit. It's more than just, a mo- it, there is a moment. I know, I know that it's, it's 85, page 85. But in that page, we also get a lot of comedy. We get a lot of ad lib from the king of ad libbers. And, um, and, <laughs> and it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. So, well, and and again, the reason why I'm asking that is because, you know, again, you know, for the thousandth time, you have to forgive me because, uh, you know, in in novel writing, break into three, there is no such thing as like break into three or anything like that. I mean, and so you kind of in at the end of the of act two is that dark night of the soul. That's just, you know, everything is is awful and everything. mm -hmm. And then when you go in, you know, whenever you finally get into three, you're actually, you're still kind of coming out of two where it's like, um, there's an author, I can't remember his name, but he talks about how the hero, um, realizes the reality of the situation and then he makes a choice. So a lot of times when we're on dark night of the soul and then breaking the three, I, I kind of because again because I'm just more of a book nerd than a movie guy. Um, that that part right there, it's like they bleed together a little bit for me just because of, of just being so used to the structure of novels. Because you know, in, in defense of that, um, you know, it would be you know, he, he Inigo accepts the reality of the situation and he makes a decision, which sounds a lot like Break into Three. I agree with you completely there. Um, you know, it's just the, the names of of, of uh, those beats or whatever. You know, that's that's kind of what throws me off. And, uh, you know, what causes me to just, like I said, continue to ask these questions of, of uh, you know, where you guys feel these things, these well, things. Screen, fall screenwriting obviously is a lot simpler. You know, it's simplistic. We're, we're, we're telling a story visually instead of yeah. through all this. Yeah, there's, in your, yeah, there's a lot know, more all encompassing things. I mean, Dark Knight yeah. of the Soul covers a whole lot more and then Break into Three covers a whole lot more. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just learning, learning where to group those certain things that kind of blend together, uh, in, in books, it, it's, yeah, that's sure. right. Yeah. Right. That's well, but, you know, if, if you look at the three act structure that we're told the beginning, the middle and the end of something, uh, you know, for any movie or story that you're writing, um, the movie, there's actually when they enter the, the fire swamp and when they go to miracle max, if you watch that, there's almost like a distinct break in continuity between the way, the film is being told. You see um, Wesley and Buttercup running off into the uh, to the fire swamp. And then when you cut to them being in this fire swamp, there's some time that has passed because they're deep within the forest already. That's the start of Act 2. Then when you get to the part where, oh, we found Wesley and he's dead. Ah, but there's Miracle Max. The next thing that you see is there's a distinct kind of shift in how... It's through editing and through it's not really through storytelling because things are moving along uh, correctly. But there's almost a distinct jump to say now we're into the third act. This is where things start to turn around. Mm. I mean, that's kind of what I get because it's it's really weird when you watch it. That's it just seems like there's a weird break. Like there should be a you know a turn the platter over kind of moment for. Uh, Laserdisc fans. Uh. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and, and as far as like the synthesis of the story, I mean, again, that was, you know, another thing where I'm kind of like, okay, well, yes, they get this miracle, but it doesn't actually go into effect until they're they're there on the wall of the castle. So that's right, why right. for me, I, you know, and again, you know, I, I, this is, this is the one spot in, in the, the, 
in movies where, like I said, things are kind of blurred. I've got all of, you know, we always, I always have all the same notes as everybody else. Just the placement between Dark Knight of the Soul and Breaking the Three are, you know, usually a little bit, a uh, little bit different. But, you know, um, they get together up there on the castle wall and they give uh, the pill, the magic pill, even though it hasn't been 15 minutes, which means Miracle Max doesn't live too far away from the castle. Um, they give it to Wesley. He comes back to life. And so that to me is the synthesis where A story and B story come together and we, we move on into three. So that, you know, that's, that's kind of why I thought that break into three was, was after miracle max. But I also, to be honest, I have it, you know, the question mark there where it's right. like, okay, well for the sake of the film, mm-hmm. you know, where are we going to end up putting this? Cause as far as a clean break and we're in a completely new environment, yeah, you could definitely say that Miracle Max's house is a new environment, but for me, the the break into three is kind of like okay, everything for the rest of the film and up until the final image is going to usually take place in the same location, and so we break into that final location when they get to the wall. So they haven't begun to right. even plan the the um, the 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 finale there well, well let me uh, let me just interrupt you let me interrupt you for a minute uh we're getting a tiny bit bogged down um break, uh, breaking a three is um not just the synthesis of a and b story which we i think we do get in the pit um but it's also the response it's the response to the dark night of the soul it's the after the hesitation what are we going to do and i think him saying going to miracle max was it but i also think as Paul's saying, it doesn't end though. I don't have the finale starting until just after they say, have fun storming the castle because it'll work. There is that, that whole thing. I know it's a, it's supposed to be a moment, but breaking the three because of this movie, it just is a bigger chunk. And so John, uh, Paul, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think it, it, it's, but it's not blurry either. Uh, let's go to finale, though. We oh, can- wait, one thing real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, the author talks about in Save the Cat how you can't have too many magic moments. And even though we're in a world of fantasy, it's real interesting that this movie sticks to that point of there's mm. one magic moment in this thing. Beyond trick. the meta love of true love, it is Miracle Max and this magical pill that restores someone to life who's only mostly dead. Yeah. I, I just found that fascinating. It's like, oh, well, duh, because they could have had dragons and wizards and all these kinds of things in here. But they don't. They keep it to one thing that seems far-fetched and out of control, and it's it's magic. It's uh, Miracle Max. Good deal. Um, I want to hit up uh, Final Image real quick. We're going to breeze through this, and we are going to talk about it more at length uh, in a little bit of a bonus feature at the end. Uh, Wesley and Buttercup kiss. Grandpa's leaving. The boy is obedient. He's He has changed. Um Kid wants to hear the story again tomorrow. Instead of sports and video games, like we said earlier, he is now uh, into this the book, into his grandfather, into the old, out with the new kind of thing. And then we close out with a great line. I even got tears in my eyes this time as I finally got the the, the impression, the full brunt of that statement where he says, Grandpa, will you come back tomorrow? As you wish. As you yep. wish. Was, yep. You want to talk about magic. Um, I almost thought he was Santa Claus. I mean, <laughs> that was awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us all today. Steven Schleicher, it was a pleasure having you Hey, thank you, you guys for uh, having me on. This was great. I don't want to do the show anymore without you. That's, that's, how, <laughs> that's how it ought to go. 
um, especially uh, just it's just a thrill. So, Stephen, tell them tell tell the folks a little bit about where they can find you. So if you want to find out more, you can follow me on Twitter at Major Spoilers. We've got a website that covers uh, comic books and the pop culture industry. You can find that at Majorspoilers.com. And then we've got a slew of podcasts that cover comic books. Uh, we've got top five lists. We've got uh, Dungeons and Dragons gameplay. And we even have our own movie podcast where we take a young, fresh out of college kid and we train him in everything that he's missed in his life by making oh, him wow. watch some of the greatest movies of all time. That sounds mm. awesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> What's that one called? That? Can all be found over at Majorspoilers.com. What, what's that one specifically? What that one's it? called Zach on Film. Ah, <laughs> sounds great. I'm going to check That's that out. brilliant. Well, um, let me just tell you real quick. If you would like to influence um, future movies and, you know, which ones we pick, we do have a subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash movie beatdown. And, uh, you know, add your movie and vote it up. If you enjoyed the show, consider supporting Movie Beatdown for just a quarter an episode. That's a dollar a month. For all you kids that are just watching PG-13 movies for the first time, you can visit moviebeatdown.com slash donate. Next time, we're going to be doing Gremlins because it's Christmas time next time. Yes. Isn't that great? December would be awesome. Go to our website, comment on this episode, and find out more about Save the Cat at moviebeatdown.com. Email your comments and suggestions to moviebeatdown at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at moviebeatdown. And that's it for John, Pauly, Christian. Thanks so much. Yep. Steven Schleicher, thank you again. Hey, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll see all of you next time right here on Movie Beat Down. Break into three. We got uh, 21, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>